Welcome to another edition of Down the HR Rabbit Hole brought to you by Crescent HR and Crescent Payroll Solutions. My name is Sanders Offner and I am the president of CPS. Very excited about today's podcast and the two ladies that are joining us today. Um, we've looked forward to this all week. Philip and I have been communicating about this for the last couple of weeks, so definitely excited to talk about this today. Great topic. But before I do that, I first want to introduce our HR advisor, Philip Carrillo. Welcome. Hello. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. I am. Welcome. <laughs> well, okay. So I am extremely excited about today, as Sandra said, because um, one, because it's an important topic, and then two, because I know the person who is visiting us here tonight or today, um, and I've known her for 11 plus years and have worked with her for 11 plus years. Wonderful, wonderful friend and incredible, incredibly smart person um, who has a deep uh sensibility about a lot of a huge range of issues in particular diversity equity inclusion which are uh, which are the three things we're going to talk about in the next four-part series um, so uh, without further ado I'm going to talk about or I'm going to let Roz Griffey talk about herself and then I also want um, her to introduce her comrade in business oh my gosh great thank you so much guys and we've been thinking about this the whole week as well so I'm excited to be here and um, Great, we're gonna have a great time, I suppose. But um, as Philip stated, um, I've known Philip for 11 years. I'm Roz, Roz Griffey. Um, I don't know whether you know this or not, Philip. I know that my, my partner here, Joanne, knows it, but prior to um, going to law school and practicing law, becoming an attorney, I, I had the great pride and joy of teaching at Parkland High School. I wasn't there at the time of the event, so that's kind of my, my claim to fame in life, having that experience at that school. But I'm um, prior to leaving um, Stoneman Douglas High School. I, I did go to law school, and um, now I'm a regular. I, I, I do regulatory compliance work. So anything from A to Z, anything to do with compliance. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm the person. So whether it be regulatory compliance, dealing with an enforcement order that's been um, um, uh, maybe a, a, a fine has been levied up on a bank and there's some gaps and mediations that need to occur or whether an organization needs to tool up and um, put some policies and procedures in place, then, I mean, th those areas are my specialty. Had a wonderful opportunity of um, meeting Joe <laughs> here, here next to me, and um, she and I have worked projects together, and, and, and we met on a particular project with an industry, and we, we worked together, we did compliance, we were able to have a wonderful solution to the problem that we were working on, and, and the rest is history. She's she's we, we, we've been together, and you know we 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 we've been partners ever since. So, Joe, thank you for that very nice so introduction, Roz. And she's thank the subject you both matter of you for expert. having us here. Um, I have a strong background in risk, regulatory compliance, and audit in order to identify weaknesses and find solutions. And as Roz said, as we were working together on a team project. We found we shared similar perspectives about life, the world, and society. So when Roz explained her vision, I knew it was something I wanted to be a part of. Awesome. Well, so now we know a little bit about you. Let's talk about uh, why DEI, why it is a passion for you, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, Professionally, it's simply part of the program. You go into an institution, a business, an organization, and and it's it's just part of the work that we do because it's 
someone asks for it. But on a personal level, I would have to say that I, I am everything that DEI is or that DEI should be. And um, to be able to, to put out what you take in every day and to use yourself as an example as to what's good or what's bad or, or even as an outcome is absolutely amazing. So to be able to have this platform to not only live what you, what, what you teach or your, or your work and, and to be an example of it and then to create models and to create systems that work in according to you know, what you've experienced is, is, is absolutely you know, phenomenal and not too many people have that opportunity in life. I do and I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah. And I'm glad to be able to explain to people or make them aware and educate them about the inequities, in not only in business and society, but how to overcome it and put you on the right track as far as a mindset and how you need to think about things and what certain things mean. When you say you, who are you talking about? I'm talking about people like me that that have never been exposed to diversity. And they, they want to keep things homogenous and they don't realize the disservice they're doing to themselves by being homogenous. Got it. Well, I, would l I think we'd really benefit from an explanation of what DE&I is. Yeah. Well, just on, in a nutshell, DE&I is diversity, <laughs> you know, e equality and inclusion. And it's any program or any system that you put into place in order to, um, particularly, uh, well, absolutely among marginalized people, um, minorities, um, it could be a social group. But when you put together um, a, a program so that you can bring about equity and you want to do it in a conscious way, well, that's basically, in a nutshell, what DEI is. However, I think in working together, Joe, I, I think that it works out a little bit differently than it's, than it's defined, wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely. I mean, um, di diversity speaks to our unique traits and characteristics. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, it really means hiring, promoting, and valuing yeah. professionals yes. from a variety of different backgrounds, experiences, and approaches. It means employing people who think differently, look differently, and experience the world differently from each other. Um, thinking beyond age, race, religion, disability, or sexual identity. And it means trying to build a team that is truly complementary and re reflects the world and business markets as a whole. And if I could kind of piggyback what she said and, and add a little bit to that. You know, when we're talking about DEI, it's, it's, it's not simply, um, you know, numbers, or it's not simply checking off a box. And and what the, the great thing about it is, is, you know, you take a corporation and you take a company, and the more diverse you are, the more equity that's uh, ingrained within your company, the more inclusive that you are, it comes out on the back end. It comes out and, and you know, your employees are going to be happier. You're going to have a, ball, a very wide range of employees. You're going to um, be able to, to really step out in a way that, that you have the best of the best. And you're not limiting yourself to one particular race or to one particular group. I mean, it's 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 innovative, it's creative, it's like, you know. Or take the pandemic, for instance. And I, I had the um, I, I was in New York at the time that when, when the pandemic when it first occurred, and and I'm there, and I'm watching these business doors and closed every single day. A new business just doors were closing, businesses was, were shutting down, but some were making it and some were not. And I said, hmm, what's going on here? 
those businesses that were diverse, those businesses that um, had uh, a very strong and and workforce from young to old to bright thinkers, those were the businesses that were survived. One day, you know, one one day it was a a, a, a fast food restaurant. The next day, it was you know a food line. You know, right. um, people were there, you know, serving food, and and they made it. So, I, I say this to say that we think about equity, we think about inclusion, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's, it's having a company that you have the most innovative, the most creative, the most, the deepest thinkers, and, 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 and thinkers that are with it, you know, with the times, and, and, and they know the latest things, and they know the greatest things, and, and when you have that, and when you have a great mix of that, it really is going to increase your bottom line. So and you want to retain those employees. Ab and that's another point. I think we'll talk about that later in, in the next, but absolutely, you know, employee retention. So not only is it going to earn you costs, but it's also going to save you costs as well. And, you know, you could almost say DEI is a business skill for the 21st century. How so? How because so? it requires good listening skills. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. good observation skills. Yeah. You mean like when, 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 someone comes to you with an issue, I guess, listening to them and hearing them. Right, and, and figuring out a solution that, that yeah. will work for yeah. everyone. Exactly. And I know, personally, when I'm listening to, and when I know that my boss is hearing me, it, it makes me all the more happier. It makes me yes. to work harder. It makes me, you know, it, it increases my level of loyalty, <laughs> so to speak. It so, does. Uh, that, is, that is a huge thing with employees and, and building an employee's morale and that yeah. way it makes you want yeah. to come to work and put in a hundred and twenty percent and not just going in and watching the clock and figuring okay so this is all I need to do that's all I'm going to do today when you know you're valued in a company you want to do as much as you can and take it to that level yes so Roz I have a question for you sure what you know if if you have a lot of HR professionals mm. that are listening, mm. you know, business owners. Mm. You know, I, I think a lot of HR professionals, they, they struggle because they want to do these things, but I think they, they may struggle with how do I implement yeah. this? Yeah. And, and obviously, of course, there's got to be total buy-in mm. from all levels within the company. So what would be your recommendation to an HR professional that has been thinking about something like this for a long time, knows that it needs it's it could be used and needed in a business where do they start what's the, what's the first wow. thing that they can do wow thank you that's a super great question i was at dinner last night with probably one of the most awesomest people in my life and that's precisely what he asked he he he, he said to me how do you start what do you do specifically we're, we're going to go step by step through that i mean later on in our in our podcast one of our programs but in a nutshell just to answer your point spot on culture it's all about the culture. And when you have a culture of diversity, inclusion, of equity, then um, it, it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think what we, what, what we have to do in the first steps is getting to the point to how do we build and how do we establish that type of culture, the culture where everyone feels included and everyone feels valued. Once, Sanders, once we get that culture in place, and you can feel it. When you walk into a company, you can see Google on television or Facebooks or, you know, the, and, and smaller companies too, but those are the most well-known um, companies where um, culture is uh, really big and accepted. So to answer your question, culture, culture, culture. It's not easy, 
and we've got to get there. It's a long process, but um, that's that's where we're going to leave you guys to with, with our podcast, okay? So, okay, so we know where we're going to head here in the next few episodes, but tell me, just to set the context for why we're even talking about this, if this is, if this is something intuitive or easy or any number of qualifiers that would make this seem like a non-point and we wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. We're talking about it because there are things that impede it yeah. um, and make it impossible yeah. for some people to feel included in Absolutely. workplaces that make it difficult for um, equity and also uh, diversity even to start. So can you tell me a little bit about what common um, blind spots there are in corporate America or impediments or reasons why people avoid DEI programs? Yeah, well, some of the impediments, there could be attitudes within the company towards certain groups, um, definite misunderstandings as to what DEI is. It's not just a bunch of uh, policies and procedures, as Roz said but more of a mindset, not of a checking off of a box, because if you're just checking a box, then you might just have diversity, but you're not going to have in inclusivity with that as well. And, and when you say checking a box, that means I've got X amount of blacks, I've got X amount of whites, I've got X amount of Asians, so is that what that? Yes. Yeah. That's the way that, that I mean, it's, I think it's a natural penchant to try to quantify, yeah. to say, yeah. yes, we're doing, we're, we're, we're complying or we're doing. I mean, hell, I've got a compliance and risk score that I'm helping to, like I go through a record, yeah. a single employee yeah. record. I'm like, you're this percent compliant or you're this percent yeah, at risk. That's, yeah. that's what we want to do. So exactly. And yes. that's, what we're, that, that's what we're like conditioned to do. Mm -hmm. But that's not DEI. And that's not going to get you the culture that you want the way that you want it. We want to have a compliant culture, but are you going to have a diverse, inclusive culture in the true sense of the word, in the way that it's intended, the way that we've just discussed? I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure about that. It doesn't change the mindset. Exactly. It and that's what we're looking to do. And that if you don't have that um, inclusivity with diversity, then that leaves you open to for gaps and when you have a gap and an employee has a problem with something and brings in an attorney a discrimination case of any kind that attorney is going to look for exactly. your, at your policies and procedures or lack of exactly so that's brilliant so what you, what i'm hearing is that diversity is a the range of colors and the the percentages that you've got the inclusion really is more about how people are brought into the, in, uh, that are, whether or not they're integral yeah. to the business Absolutely. and whether or not their con contrib contributions are um, validated and valued. Validation okay. and value are different, but they're so tied together, exactly. right, in yes. inclusion. Exactly. And if you can have inclusion, then you will automatically have diversity. You shouldn't look at diversity first. It should be inclusion because that will bring about diversity. Yeah, how funny because mm -hmm. when you're sitting in an interview with someone or you're and you have a culture of of inclusion, suddenly you're not checking the boxes. Exactly. Okay, that's really that's exactly that's and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And and Joe, if you don't mind, my 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 personal favorite because I had such a difficult time with this word, an impediment, deviant. And I'm like it, it you, in, in the way that, you know, the, the way that we read it and the way that we look at it is you, you have to remove the deviance. And I'm like, oh, that's so mean. It's such a horrible word. 
but when you think about it, um, a deviant is something that's not going to adjust or attract or, or catch on. And and if you've got, you know, a lot of I don't want to say deviant deviant behaviors, but something to stop you that I mean that's not going to buy into what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish, then how do you work around that? How do you if someone's absolutely not understanding or willing to buy into your program or what you're trying to accomplish, then you know we have to work with that and we've got to resolve that. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to accomplish, you know, the the, the type of company that you know we, we seek to have. That's really incredible. So um, let me just uh, make a, a just cap that for um, everyone. A lot of what I'm doing as an HR advisor, HR consulting is about how do you help organizations through resistors mm. to accomplish their vision. Yes. And so in addition to being cultural, it has to be in some way tied into their vision for the future of their company. Yeah. Um, and so that's really interesting to me. There's, there's a, there are gazillions of models out there for how you deal with people mm -hmm. who resist because that probably is, I would say, the number one cost mm -hmm. in business. A resistor is someone who, uh, the metrics that you see from resistance are low productivity, yep. it's turnover. Yep. It's all, I mean, I could go down a list of all the various negative impacts of resistance in an organization. So that's very interesting. I think we'll probably get into that in a minute with your other models. Um, let me ask you the very last thing, which I think is the best part of this entire conversation, which is what the hell is the opportunity in DEI? Wow. Oh, my goodness. What, what, what's the commercial? What, what is it not? Um, I, when you have a truly, truly diverse business, um, you, you, opportunity from a financial perspective. You have the opportunity to really be, you know, the number one brand or number one in your market because you've got loyalty. You've got employees that are dedicated. You've got employees that want the same thing that you want. And not only do they want it, but they're willing to work for it. So I would have to say that you, you, let's face it, money drives everything. And if you want to get to the bottom dollar, if you want to make the dollars that you want to make that in the way that you want to and the amount that you want to, with DEI, that's an excellent opportunity. Seize the opportunity, and 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 live it. You know, implement the program. Um, make sure that you're diverse. Make sure that you have the representation that you need, so that you can have the opportunities to perform in your market. You know, and be competitive in the market, in in, in the way that any other business you know can. So, get the opportunity. You know, become uh, maintain your competitiveness. Make money. I don't know, Joe. What do you uh, have to? The, the return on investment yeah. is huge with with employees and with consumers, because with employees they will come in every day and work and do whatever is needed if they know they're they with a company that totally supports them. And when consumers see and observe how companies treat employees, that creates brand loyalty. So and 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 reputation, and you know, and that's, it just that's it a just part of employer branding too. We I talked about that last week. Yeah, super. Yeah, exciting. I think people want to work for for companies that represent the yes the zeit the what is in the zeitgeist, which yeah. is a much more inclusive and equitable. I think equi I I hope we talk a little bit more about equity in the next few yeah. episodes too, because mm -hmm. I think that's so it's more metricy and it's a little bit more it's easier to grasp maybe than inclusion is, yeah. and so. Let's touch base on all yeah. those things. Especially in this climate, yeah. 
Well, ladies, that's um, that is all for part one of our series. We certainly appreciate the two of you and your contributions. This conversation was great. So that'll uh, wrap us up for part one of our four-part series on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Thank you all for joining, and we will see you all for part two. We'll be right back.